Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Brent Bowers. Brent is the general manager at North Rock Lanes in Wichita, Kansas. Brent is a former Wichita State Shocker, as is Steve. Brent, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, well, Brent, we have to start with a little bit of business, a little bit of news you made not too long ago shooting a, an 899 series, and um, and you had the 299 first. So what was going through your mind as the strikes started, continued to string all but the one there? What was going through your mind as you get, got into that third game and you knew the 900 wasn't there, but 899 is still something not a lot of bowlers have done? Uh, yeah, you know, it. Uh, uh, it's funny. I just got a message a couple hours ago from Dr. Dean Hennitz, who uh, I was fortunate enough to work with years ago, and, and, and his book, Focus for Bowling, certainly uh, helped build uh, whatever mental game I've got going on in my head. I'm not here to say it's good or bad, but it is whatever it is. And so I, uh, yeah, there, there's no question. The nerves started getting a little to me there at the beginning of game three. Um, me being the bowling historian that I am, I was fully aware of what the, what the house record was, what the city record was, what the state record was. And I knew that I could get there. Uh, my prior high was 858 bullet Thunderbird Bowl six, seven years ago. And so uh, it's, it's always exciting for me. It has been historically been exciting for me when I can get somewhere in the middle or the beginning of the middle of game three and still have a chance to beat my high series. That's what we all were originally attracted to. I think when we were children, right? We all set those highs first. I still remember uh, a woman by the name of Wilma in Hutchinson, Kansas, who bought me my first Coca, bought me a Coca-Cola for my first ever 200 game. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's that chasing that new high that um, keeps us going. And so, um, so yeah, so that, that's really what was in my mind. originally. was like, Oh man, I, I got to pop for this. I got to pop to get my new high. And uh, I had to front eight that last game and, and realize that really in my head, I just, just realized if I, the, the last six shots were, were, you would think I was bowling for a title. Those were the ones that in my head really mattered. Up to that, it was just process. You know, put the ball in the pocket, um, stay focused on the process, stay in the, stay in the present moment, recognize that, that a lot of it's not in your control. Bad carry happens. I was fully prepared for a stone eight or a, a rat 10 or something like that. And, uh, uh, you know, and it didn't happen. So I, I you know, yeah, it, 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 it all worked out. And it turned out to be really fun. I was not expecting the crowd that formed around me to form that night. I Because because I wasn't shooting 900, I really didn't even – I didn't know people even knew what was happening uh, because it is a very competitive league. And sadly, we're in, a, we're in a day where honor scores are much more popular than they used to be. So, you know, they don't even – oftentimes don't even garner a, a clap or, a, a, you know, a, anything like that. So um, it was a pleasant surprise when – when everybody was back there behind me cheering for me, rooting for me, things like that. And you mentioned, you know, Dr. Dean, uh, he's been kind of a friend of the, of the show here as well. We've had him on a, a few times and I know he's worked with a lot of the higher caliber players uh, in colleges. He's worked with a lot of the programs and gone in and helped them, whether it's their players or their coaches. 
And you mentioned that you had worked with him a little bit before. So what kind of importance do you place on the mental game when it comes to performing at the highest level? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I think it's a remarkable, remarkable piece. I think, I think uh, you, we've seen people win. Oftentimes they don't create Hall of Fame type careers, but we've seen people win without much of a mental game. The stars can align for a week, but anybody, in my opinion, who really um, builds what I would consider a Hall of Fame career uh, has a really strong mental game. And that doesn't always look the same for everybody, right? I don't think Pete Weber's mental game is the same as Chris mm-hmm. Barnes's or Jason Alonso's, but, I, but, mm-hmm. but in their own right, they're still very, very powerful mental games. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't express enough my appreciation that Dr. Dean got involved in bowling and his contributions to bowling. And I hope one day us as the sport of bowling is able to recognize that and recognize him for his contributions because, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to quantify his impact on our game and on all the people and all the lives and all the games he's touched. Um, and, uh, but I do think that it's, it's immense. It's remarkable. And uh, he really made it clear how important mental, mental game was. I think there was, there was a few people in our sport that realized how important it was. And fortunately I'm in a town where a few of those guys existed like Gordon Vatican, Mark Lewis, things like that. Um, but, but he really put it on the map. His book focused for bowling. I just told him this in a message today. You know, I was 15, 16 years old, burning out on the game of bowling. And Chapter 7, uh, Overcoming Burnout, brought me back. It, it, it allowed me to process things the way I needed to process them to realize this is just a stage. This is not the end of the road. Uh, everybody goes through the, these these moments. And, uh, and and it brought me back to the game. And, and so uh, the mental game, in my, in my opinion, if you're going to build a long-lasting uh, – career and be successful throughout multiple decades uh it's imperative yeah so rent then how has your mental game evolved from when you were a, a young kid there bowling at uh wichita um you know it, i it is one of those things that i do think does get better with age um and people when i say age i don't necessarily mean uh uh days and years months and years uh, age, I mean, it, wisdom might be a, a better word because I think different people's minds age at different paces, different, different time frames. Uh, I've seen people, you know, get really wise because of life events and different things they go through in a couple of years. I've also seen people go 20 years throughout their entire life and not, not be as wise as uh, folks that might be younger than them. So I think that wisdom you accumulate over time builds up and it's, in my opinion, what allows people like Chris Barnes or Walter Ray or some of these folks that have continued to win into their forties and fifties and later on in their lives, they win in our sport because of knowledge and information and the way their brain works, um, not just their physical ability. And so uh, for me, it's just slowly evolved constantly. Uh, Dr. Dean was a big, big piece. There was a, a, a rapid advancement in what I believe my mental game uh, progressed while at Wichita State, and also when I was fortunate enough to be on Junior Team USA for those two years, the the the, the camp at the Olympic Training Center, um, we were the last Junior Team USA group that got to go to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, and Dr. Dean was there with us, and and uh, you know, and since then I've been so lucky, thanks to Facebook, social media, and different things, uh, to stay in touch with him. Um, I still. Anytime he comes in and works at Wichita State, I still try, if I'm aware, if I know about it and I'm available, I try to go to his ed session and sit in the background and, and just absorb and be spongy, you know? Um, and so, uh, 
So I think it's 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 a moving target. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna forever progress. But I think it's certainly better today than it was when I was eighteen or twenty or twenty two. Um, and and with all due respect, it has to be because I'm not physically as good as I was when I was eighteen, twenty or twenty two. So uh, I, I think it, it's part of what keeps me relevant, and it's one of those things that I know can get better even as my body may start to slowly uh, fail me, you know, and I'm, I'm 32. I'm not saying I'm done, but, but I, I'm not expecting to live a long, uh, physically healthy bowling life. Uh, uh, you know, so. Well, this just came up. I had a podcast uh, that I did, uh, with Matt Canazaro and, and Aaron there at USBC. And, uh, they had asked me, we were talking about, uh, just my time on the lanes and, and, competing in the masters and, and they had, you know, had noted and said, Hey, do you think you would have, you know, if you're looking at, if you're going to make the show, would it be when you're age 27, 37 or 47? I, I wouldn't have picked 47. So you might, <laughs> you might be hitting, you might be making a few masters shows yourself, Brent. And then, and hopefully when you do, you'll figure out a way to, to walk home with the trophy. So you never know when success is going to come, man. I'm telling you, you never know. Um, sure. One of the one of the things, Brent, um, you know, that we've done here at Storm and uh, and Gary and Leanne and Blair have done such a nice job with the Storm Youth Championships, and I know that you uh, had hosted the tournament there just last month. And uh, one of the things as well, you know, you and I have that um, have that shocker bond uh, being from Wichita State, and four of the players there, SYC athletes, had signed with Wichita State. Uh, while they were there for that tournament uh, with the Shockers. So what was it like for you on the, uh, on the work side? I'm sure it was a lot of work hosting that event, but just talk about the Storm Youth Championships and hosting that tournament, what it was all about for you. Yeah, it, it, it is always a very special event. I believe this was year two for us, and I think we have uh, tentatively set a date for next year, and I hope that we we're, lo- we're fortunate enough to host that event every year. I, I've been lucky to be around some really special bowling tournaments and, and both involved from the administrative side, but also just from the observation side or even the participation side. Junior girls, without a doubt, being one of those. Um, the SYC is special. There's something special happening there. I've bowled in a lot of tournaments, been in a lot of places, and um, the, the vibe of the kids and the, the parents and the staff and the energy that's going on is just so cool. It's so positive. It's so happy. It, it, it's rejuvenating. Um, and so, yes, we do host it, and we are what I like to tell people, you know, we're the field that the game is played on. Um, uh, but it doesn't feel like work. That weekend really is a lot of fun. My entire staff looks forward to it. Um, I look forward to it. And uh, and obviously, you know, hanging with, with Gary and Leanne and Blair and, and the professionals that they bring in for that, it's just a lot of fun. And, and the kids are just, you know, I think about like – uh, I, I get his name wrong. Spiros or Spiros, Spiros Shank, uh, who's at every single one of them. Spencer Robards. These kids are just good kids, nice, happy, fun, good kids, and it's impossible not to have a good time when you're around them. Brent, along with that, I know we did a, an Above 180 podcast where we talked about some of the changes that you guys are making now that we're in this new world with COVID-19. So looking back, how how are things going? Because that storm you a challenge that was a tournament obviously social distancing you guys had all those new new things in place how are things going with running events that way now in this um this new normal that we're, we're forced as bowlers and proprietors and general managers and everyone to, to be in if we want to bowl and and still run events yeah uh another space where i feel pretty fortunate you know i 
I'm not, it's not unusual for me to fly by the seat of my pants and to, and to ad lib and to kind of improv, uh, improvise with, uh, uh, what we're doing here. And, um, I feel really bad for the folks that need things set in stone and need to know details weeks, months in advance. And, uh, because we recognize that this is, this is a moving operation. Things are constantly changing and evolving and, and we're going to have to move around with them. And so, uh, policies and local, uh, regulations are, 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 we're just prepared for them to change. And so, uh, you know, it, it was a couple weeks after um, the SYC, we hosted Nat McFadden and his Twist Trios, which is uh, usually a full field of 40, 16 to three. Um, not as many people in the building as there was for SYC, but the same thing, people keeping their distance. And, and you know, but the, the greatest challenge in all of this is that uh, recognizing that our neighbors, our friends, our family, everybody's all over the spectrum they, on how they feel about this. And, and it's our job to take care of everybody. You know, we cry at the moment. So we joke in, in our league meetings, we tell them, say, you know, uh, the person on lane five wants the fan on, but the person on lane six doesn't want the fan on because it's too cold. And mm-hmm. the person on lane seven wants the TV on NFL, but the person on lane eight wants it on the MLB. And, and we're in the job of making everybody happy. And it's an impossible task, just like it is for this. And so first and foremost, we always tell people, um, we, 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 we want you here. We believe it to be safe here, but if you don't feel safe, you got to stay home. You got to protect yourself. Um, if you are willing to be out here, do know there there is some risk. You know, and I I heard it best said from a friend of mine yesterday at breakfast. Uh, you know, freedom isn't free. Liberty has risk. You have to you know you have to take um, some risk, and, and and that's a beautiful thing. But it's not required. If you want to stay home, stay home. But there's no question going out in public right now, uh, dealing with this inv- invisible virus. Uh, it is risky. Uh, the exact level of risk, nobody knows. But um, so with that being said, you know, people keeping their distance, uh, not a whole lot of high fives. Obviously, the, the high elbow has become a thing. Um, you know, I've started kind of kind of putting my hands together and bowing at people, you know, to make it clear that I, <laughs> I, I love you, but I'm not interested in touching you, you know. Um, and so everybody's just got to kind of feel, feel their own thing out. And, and above all, uh, just be respectful of one another and just, recognize that we're all in different spaces and we're not here to pass judgment. We're here to have fun and be happy. Um, you know, I think the hardest part of this whole process for us on the business side is smiling. You know, we've actually purchased these, these clear, uh, acrylic, uh, what would you call them? Like clear plastic visors, um, that, that you wear like glasses. They have little nose pieces, but they got this kind of like phone screen visor that goes around you because we want our customers to see a smile at them. You know how many, so many people have stopped, you know, we're having a hard time reading each other's emotions because those normal smiles that you would see going through the, 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 the grocery line, the grocery aisle aren't happening. And, uh, and so, you know, we're a place of fun. That's what bowling is. It's fun above all other things. And we're here to entertain and make sure people are having a good time. And so uh, we're dealing with it. I think the best of uh, the uh, best we can I feel so bad. We're lucky in Kansas. Our numbers are not dramatic. Um, you know, we're open for business. You know, we're, we're, we're not at full capacity, uh, but we're doing pretty darn good. We're pretty close and, and it could certainly be worse. And so our hearts, our hearts go out to the folks in California and the folks where um, it's a little bit more challenging to operate right now. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before and, and- Thanks for that. You know, you've mentioned some of the struggles in dealing with, you know, dealing with COVID. And we actually had a, a few weeks ago, 
Um, we actually had one of our guests, C.K. Moore, who was a former touring professional, and now he's the head coach at Hastings uh, University there, that he and his wife and uh, daughter had all had COVID and, uh, and had some serious uh, dealings with it as in terms of she, she was in the hospital for, I think it was a week and a half and in the ICU for five days. And, and uh, CK had lost, I think nearly 30 pounds uh, in two weeks oh, and was wow. still kind of re- recovering from it. Yeah. So it's really something that, you know, has hit the bowling, uh, bowling families pretty hard. So yeah, that's, uh, we're all trying to do our best to, to stay healthy and, you know, stay, uh, stay uh, as free from it, you know, kind of reduce our risks the best we can. Cause uh, yeah, it's, if, if you do get it, then you're trying to deal with it and some people deal with it, you know, and their bodies deal with it in different ways. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's really something there's, there's no avoidance. It's definitely changed the bowling world and, uh, you know, who knows for, for, for how long it, it will be. It may, we may be dealing with this, uh, for quite some time. You never know. Um, one of the things though, you know, when we were talking about, uh, you know, you and you and myself both Wichita state shockers, but there is also another very high profile program. Uh, they're in Wichita, and that is uh, the Kansas Newman University. So I want you to, do, do they practice, and, and are they getting together at uh, at North Rock there? Um, I know there's, yeah, they can't compete uh, for quite some time, but we've got some activity in, in collegiate bowling land here, don't we, still with some of these other programs? Yeah. Yeah, Newman is, we are their home center. Um, we installed Spectre for them last January. They kind of take the last six lanes of ours, the lanes 42 through 48, and that's, that's their primary practice facility. And uh, obviously it works really well because Billy Murphy, their head coach, uh, uh, owns and operates Wichita Bowling Supply, which is our pro shop. And, um, uh, you know, and they, they, do, they do great things, and, and he recruits good, good, good kids, uh, and they are also a strong program. And, I, you know, I, it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, it's funny. You know, it, it all kind of started with Wichita State, and a lot of it butterfly effects from Wichita State. But Billy has done a great job and parlayed, uh, you know, his talents and whatnot. That, you know, he went to Wichita State to create this great program in Newman. And now, you know, we're not just, like you said, we're not just lucky enough to have one nationally recognized collegiate bowling program. Uh, not very many community, communities get to say they have two. And we have two of them. And, and Billy is a perennial a powerhouse in college bowling. Um, they're, they're regularly in the top 10. They, they make regular appearances at the national tournament. And, uh, you know, they, they haven't won a team national uh, championship yet. We're rooting for them. And we, you know, do everything we can to create an environment for them that uh, allows for them to continue to succeed and grow and get better. Well, Brent Bowers, want to thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. Feel like we could could go on quite a bit, but um, appreciate your time. Know you're a very busy guy there with uh, with everything you got. So thanks for joining us today, and uh, and all the best of luck on the lanes and with every, everything you got going there as in your responsibilities as general manager as well. And uh, we'll be catching up with you again down the road. Thank you for having me, guys. We really appreciate it.